It's a parent's worst nightmare, a cancer diagnosis in one of your children. Today's wonderful guest, veteran homeschooling mom, Amanda Woodell, is here to share some beautiful learnings and practical lessons from her story of homeschooling through my son's cancer. Welcome to Homeschooling Saints, the podcast that helps you create the homeschool you love for the people you love. Our host is Lisa Maladnik, a Catholic life coach, TV host, best-selling author, and an instructor at Homeschool Connections. Before we get started, remember to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're watching on YouTube, click the bell to join our channel. Hello and welcome. I'm Lisa Maladnik, your host, and today I'm so honored to have as my guest an old friend and fellow homeschooler, Amanda Woodell, to share her story of homeschooling through my son's cancer. Amanda Woodell is a Catholic convert, wife, and mother to five children aged 15 down to seven. She's been homeschooling her children for nearly a decade. She started such initiatives in her parish as the Living the Liturgical Year Moms Group, a summer series hosted at her home entitled Barn Talks, and a book group. She was recently hired by her parish into a part-time position that's focused on supporting marriages and families, and she writes for CatholicMom.com. Amanda, it's been a while because your family's been dealing with a lot, but it is so good to have you back on the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. I'm so glad to see you again, be with you. Yeah, yeah. You've been through this huge challenge of your son's cancer and the treatments and all the ways that affected your family life and your homeschooling. But start us off, please, just by sharing in, you know, in your heart of hearts, why is it important to witness to these challenges? Well, I think that a lot of people kind of go through life wanting to look put together. And you just can't look put together when your son's bald. He's over six feet tall and bald. Um, but I really, what I've learned is it's important to be vulnerable and to share this with other people. And then they have an opportunity to share their own hurts back with you. And it has knitted together a body of Christ in a way that did not exist before the cancer. So, um, yeah, I think being authentic and helping others in their, their dark night is really important. Wow. I feel like you have a really special charism, Amanda, and that is for noticing opportunities for building the body of Christ, for connecting people with each other, for making community happen. We've done some previous ex episodes with you that I'm going to share in the show notes. Um, and also, we're going to do another episode about building community at all different kinds of the year. So I want people to just be alert to that, that Amanda is really somebody who God touches and, you know, gives lights to in this area of enfolding the body of Christ, building it up. So, so, so grateful to have that insight. Yeah. Okay, so so why don't we just go ahead and step right into your story? This is really important. Okay. What was life like? Give us a snapshot of what it was like before your son's okay. cancer diagnosis, and then kind of how it became apparent and all of that. Okay. So um, Jack was Jack is my oldest. I he was thirteen at the time, almost fourteen, and we just had a very uh, normal Catholic lifestyle, you know, church, family, sports. And Jack is was over six feet tall. And I would have said that he was my healthiest kid. He ate well, slept well, played well, did great at school, was a Boy Scout, you know, ultra server, all the things. And uh, he was going to Boy Scout camp for the summer, you know, and he had to have a physical. So uh, I was with him. I left my other four kids. Of course, they have other activities, so they're off doing something else. And the woman, a uh, nurse, nurse practitioner, was just... I mean, I didn't know he was sick. None of us knew he was sick. She found a tumor, 
when she was checking his private area, so his groin area, it's not it's not testicular cancer. It's actually a soft tissue cancer that can be found anywhere in the body. His just happened to be in that area, which in a way, thanks be to God, because she found it. And so she sent us straight to the hospital for an emergency ultrasound, and it was bigger than a golf ball. And um, yeah, I we had no symptoms. We were completely shocked, completely shocked. <sighs> So that was in June of 2022. Um, he's undergone four surgeries since then, um, five and a half months of chemo, multiple scans. Uh, but he finally finished at the end of March 2023. And his scans in April were, were clear. And we just had our three-month scans and they were clear. So Praise we're hopeful God. we're on the other side of this. But it was it was an utter shock. And then, you know, going into the world of illness was something we were really unfamiliar with. Mm, yeah, wow. Oof. It's just so, it is moving and shocking just to hear how suddenly things can change. What, you know, kind of, may I just ask you to just personally reflect to the extent that you're comfortable. What was your conversation like with God in those moments? Ooh. Is it even anything that you can recall? <laughs> oh, there's one moment I definitely recall. So, uh, we his first surgery was to remove the tumor, and so it was probably about a five inch incision, about three hours away from our house. And we'll talk about this later, but we tried to keep life uh, normal for the rest of my kids. So my husband actually left the surgery to go to my other son's basketball tournament, and so I had to take him home on my own. That's the point. I had to drive three hours with him on my own, and he was nauseous. We had a pot for him in the car. He was moaning. He was groaning. It was a terrible experience. And I'm thinking, how am I going to get this six foot guy into my into my house, like up the steps into the house? So I I did by God's grace. We made it in. I we'd had a bed prepared for him in the kind of downstairs area, and I went to take a shower and I cried and cried because I knew I had so many people praying for us, and it was like, Lord, where are you in this? Where are you? What what more can we do but pray? And I felt the I heard these words, and these are the words I held on to. The rest of the time, which is, I am saving his life. And it was not uh, what it looked like. But in the end, you know, he was saving his life. It was really hard to get to that point. But I clung on, I clung to those words as my, as my act of faith for the next six months. Wow. Wow. And that clinging, I just want to say for everyone listening who's nodding their heads, because they've been through a very hard time and they know what it's like to try to have faith. And mm -hmm. our faith is, uh, when it's tested, it just be, it has to morph into something new. God is leveling us up. Yeah. And yeah. I would say uh, what actually happened after that is, well, actually during the fear to, is it cancer, is it not cancer? Um, I felt like I had spiritual laryngitis or paralysis. Like I, the pain and the terror was so deep, I did not have words to pray. And so I I really just reached out to my closest friends. I knew people and just said, I need you to pray for me. I, I can't. I think in the end, when I look back, I was praying. I was sitting in the presence of God. I did not have words. It was a prayer beyond words. But at the time, it felt like I couldn't pray. Uh, and so I think that is a message to know. Like If you were just sitting with God in your pain, you were praying, even if you feel like you're not praying. Um, Amen. But anyway, my community carried me. They carried me through. They prayed They prayed us through the whole thing. Wow. And I just want to emphasize what you just said. There are times when we think we're failing God because we mm -hmm. don't have 
beautiful words of trust that come sincerely from right. our hearts. Sometimes we have to say through our tears without any conviction at all, Jesus, I trust in you. Right. And I have seen it again and again. When I do that, when I simply make an act of the will, even if there mm -hmm. are no words, as you said, when the, it's just a cry of the heart, as St. Therese of Lisieux said, sometimes mm -hmm. it's just a glance heavenward. God mm -hmm. knows our hearts so potently and is so pleased when we just even lean toward him in agony, even though we're angry with him, even though we're scared, mm -hmm. those moments are precious to God. I know they are. I think the other thing that showed us in our in our life was uh, we're not as strong as we think we are, and that's okay because it's a facade anyway. You know, it kind of <laughs> it pulled back the curtain. You know, oh, I'm a I'm a strong Christian with a strong faith, maybe. And then it's like, no, you know what? All along, God's the one who sustains you. And it maybe just revealed for us like kind of who we are, which again, is not a bad thing. It may be a painful thing, <laughs> a surprising thing. <laughs> maybe you're disappointed in yourself, but God is not disappointed because he knew all along. He was the one who took care of you and, and upheld you. So again, if you feel like you're a bad Christian, uh, you're not. <laughs> you're not, you know, simply just because you're scared or maybe you feel like you don't have faith. Well, you do. Yeah, yeah. It just feels so different. It feels like clothes that we've never worn before. It says whole other experience. I know that's very shallow no, image, but accurate. yeah, it feels really strange, right? When you go through something awful. Um, yeah, so you mentioned that you and your husband were trying to keep things as normal as possible for the rest mm -hmm. of the family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you feel like was the right attitude to take? What did you yes. kind of learn about making adjustments for the family? Yeah. So this worked for our family. And if you do it differently, your family, I'm sure that, you know, there are different ways. But I was determined from the beginning not to let cancer steal more joy than it had to. So we were going to continue with having people over, doing school, um, uh, doing sports, things that were very important to my other kids, we were going to continue. And my husband, his impulse was to come home and be with his family. He did not want to go to work. He wanted to be there. But you know what? My little kids who were like, what, 12 down to six, five, I don't remember, um, were like, is Jack dying? Why is daddy home? Like it alarmed them so terribly that daddy's home. And so I had to tell him, go to work. You are making this harder on us. So that was actually his sacrifice and his his cross was to go to work when he wanted to be with us. So I think keeping normal was actually very important. I think it minimized the impact, especially on the younger children who couldn't really understand what was going on or why. We did let go of the stuff that nobody cared a lot about, you know, the extra stuff that you just kind of do. Um, so we were fine. We let that go. The stuff we did do, we tried to simplify where we could. Um, just a very practical example would be meals. Although people brought us a lot of meals, I did not have emotional energy to cook. And I, I usually am a very joyful cook. And they got uh, an entree and that was it. And if you're lucky, you got some apples. Like, that's it. That's all I can do. And it was fine. It was fine. So we pared down our school a lot. It's a season of life. Like if they did math and they uh, listened to an audiobook, that's enough for right now. And I, uh, I'm not, I want to tell people, you're not a bad homeschooler just because your homeschool's not going the way you would. Like, it may not be the season for pyramids made out of sugar cubes for ancient Egypt. Like, that is an okay thing to let go. Um, 
I felt like my kids learned a lot just from experiencing the difficulty, right? And seeing the body of Christ and seeing how we reacted. Like those are pretty profound life lessons. Um, yeah. There was school either way. And we did get it done. It just took a lot longer. We uh, yeah. went into the summer, but we got it done. Yeah. On an emotional level, you said having your husband work, um, kind of trying to just like you had certain pillars. Daddy works, yeah. we school, but they, mm-hmm. but things did change. Things you adapted and you made space mm-hmm. for, for what was happening with you. What about emotional stuff? Like, I, I know you're creating all this normalcy, but where, what space is it, would you advise for just, oh, okay, let's let our hair down and show our feelings about this together? Or? So we tried to, it depends if you're a little kid or a big kid, but I did touch base with each kid individually and put my arm around them when we were alone. Say, how you doing? How's it going? Is there anything, you know, that's bugging you? And most of the younger ones were fine. You know, they would ask, is Jack going to die? How long is this going to happen? But it just gave them space to talk about it. And then Jack, I pretty frequently, well, we had chemo rides every Wednesday together. So, you know, I talk with him, how's it going? He had a lot to to work through. Um, So I guess one-on-one space for us worked better more than family space. Mm -hmm. Although we did have family prayer every night. So occasionally something would come up then. Mm. Uh, Yeah. So to this day, I think I, I was asking the kids about it. Uh, we did all right <laughs> as a family. Yeah. They say they think we're a little closer, maybe, but um, I think it just revealed who we were. Uh, that we are a pretty close knit Catholic family, and it strengthened that in the end. Yeah, yeah, so good. We're gonna just take a short sponsor break, and we'll be right back. Okay. Just want to hear from wonderful Homeschool Connections that pays for this show and serves the community so lovingly. We will be right back with Amanda Waddell on her story of walking through cancer with her son while homeschooling. See you soon. Hi, I'm Walter Crawford. And I'm Maureen Whitman. We are the co-founders of homeschoolconnections.com and proud sponsors of the Homeschooling Saints podcast. Which is here to help you homeschool more joyfully, more easily, and more effectively. We want to thank you for listening. And we invite you to check out our courses at homeschoolconnections.com. And now back to our program. All right. We are here with Amanda Woodell, so generously sharing her family's story of this tough, tough season of walking through her son's cancer diagnosis and the illness and all of the treatments and all the disruptions. Just curious for you as a mom and maybe mm-hmm. anyone else in your family that you particularly noticed uh, a strong coping development like what kept you going on the toughest days what are you what did you see oh, happening the there were two things one i looked for what i called a hug from heaven every day and so that might be a text from somebody just saying you know i'm praying for you and it might be a card it might be a gift but it could have also been like i don't know a pretty bird i noticed god was so gracious with his consolations in this time I don't know that a day went by that I wasn't like, oh, okay, that's it. That's a hug from heaven. God's with me. I'm not alone. Most of the time they came through other people. And so I would love to emphasize that, you know, you might think, oh, her kid has cancer. Like, what does it really matter if I drop off some fresh peaches? The day that person brought us fresh peaches to my house, it felt like summer to me and joy. It was, it was a small thing that God multiplied like the loaves and fishes. 
And all those little things add up to kind of a lifeboat for the people that are in going through this. So any small act is really not very small at all. Um, there's something about God's generosity and his economy of love that that multiplies it. So the hugs from heaven were the first thing. Body of Christ that reached out to us. And then the other thing, I don't know if you heard of the surrender novena. Um, yes, I Saint love Padre, it. Yeah, okay. St. Padre Pio, I know, he didn't write it, but he was really a, a it was fan a, of it. Yes, it was his part. spiritual director, Father Delindo okay. Rotolo, who was in another community, but sim very similar. I think the same, excuse me, I think the same order. But yeah, go on, go on. It's a fabulous novena. Well, it kind of came into my email inbox through some, I don't know, um, right around the time we were wondering if Jack had cancer. So it was kind of off. Um, being tested. And it's a nine-day novena that has different prayers for each day. But every day ends with, oh, my Jesus, I surrender, you know, whatever to you, take care of everything. That prayer is what kept me going on tough days. And you say it 10 times, but I would come up with 10 different things. So like, oh, my Jesus, I surrender my fear to you, take care of everything. I surrender this diagnosis to you, take care of everything. And I use it still, even though I'm not in that space anymore, because it's such an act of faith. Um, it's like naming your fear, naming your anxiety, and then just giving it to Jesus. It has been a very powerful prayer for me, a very yeah. powerful life practice. So I highly recommend it. Yeah, and I recommend it too, just as somebody who can get very bogged down and want to do too many things, you know, too many Catholic things, and then start feeling like I'm dropping balls and failing, you know, like mm -hmm. I set myself up. The Surrender Novena is one page, and it's and it's broken up. It's a, basically a monologue from Jesus to Father Delinda Rotolo, mm -hmm. who was mm -hmm. a mystic like Padre Pio, a contemporary mm -hmm. and an amazingly holy man. And yet, it's Jesus gently chastising him for getting in the way, for asking for help, and then like a small child interfering with his mother in the kitchen and, you know, not mm -hmm. letting her help mm -hmm. him, right? So mm -hmm. he uses this beautiful, tender Im imagery to scold this holy man for not trusting enough, which on its face is reassuring, like the, where none of us is perfect, right? But then right. it's just broken up into short little paragraphs. So this is not a long, complex, demanding novena. It's so simple. Mm -hmm. It is. During this, the Lord revealed to me, I think it was during this, um, this really powerful phrase. That I, I'm also someone who does too many things and tends to think that I'm the one doing it. And I felt like the Lord said to me, I am he who does, you are she who does not. Which St. Catherine of Siena is my patron. And I know he had said to her, I am he who is, you are she who is not. Well, for me, it was, I am he who does, you are she who does not. And it was liberating and freeing. It just really does not rest on your shoulders or my shoulders. It, re wow. it really rests on surrendering it, surrendering it to he who does. Ooh. So that goes with any anything in life. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I needed to hear that today. I bet there's a bunch of people out there listening going, <gasps> having a head smack experience. Yeah, we become self-sufficient and we stress ourselves to the breaking point. We are not supposed to live that way. Yeah, yeah. There is something about illness or you know, that really, like I said, pulls back the curtain and shows you, you never really were, you know, she who does, you just thought you were, you know, because you can't do anything about it. There, there's really nothing. He who does has to take care of it all. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so beautiful. Amanda, you mentioned getting peaches and the God hugs and a bird or someone dropping something yeah. off or a text even. Some mm -hmm. people are probably listening and 
I, I'm thinking, I know someone who's hurting, but I don't know what to do to help. I don't want to intrude. I don't want to do something to upset uh, them or be presumptuous yeah. or like yeah. what, this, yeah. tell us a little more about some of the ways people helped you when you didn't have time okay. for anything but survival, right? So what right. do we do for that person? Oh, first of all, I think recognize spiritual warfare where it exists. Like if you're, if you're feeling nudged to something, but you something's holding you back, especially if it's fear, you need to do it. Like that is your act of faith. Um, it was one of the things I learned from this is how beautiful is the body of Christ because people's natural gifts and interests and abilities came to the fore. So the planner friend organized our family pictures before Jack's hair fell out, fell out and paid for it. The a gentleman I don't know very well gave Jack uh, magic DVDs and foam balls. And so during the hospital stay, he could learn magic tricks. Other people, you know, meals, meals, so grateful, gas cards. Um, they organized fundraisers for us. The text message, words of encouragement matter, cards, novenas, masses, um, fresh fruit, uh, gave haircuts, pulled weeds. I know pulling weeds feels like not a big deal, but when I, as a mom, am exhausted and I look out and see a garden full of weeds, that is stressful to me. And so you coming and doing that as an act of service inviting the other children to do stuff. I did not have energy to take them sledding, to go to the library, to go blueberry picking. But if you can do that, if you're going to go anyway, maybe you just take my kids with you, the, especially the healthy ones. Um, that was such a gift. Spending time with my kids, playing games. I had a woman who came over every week during chemo and she did my dishes and she spent time with the little girls. Um it was just stuff I, I couldn't do. And so the other thing we were talking about, kind of what did you change? It was uh, let go, simplify, but outsource. And that just means saying yes. When people ask, can I help you? The answer is always yes. There is always something they can do to help. And they want to. And again, that ends up building community. When you let people into your life, you're giving them a gift too. It's not just, uh, you know, taking all the time. Mm. Yeah. And we're so embarrassed to do that. This weird, and I think it's actually somewhat diabolical, American yeah. clinging to independence and productivity. And look at me, I got all this stuff done. Like, yeah. right, God, God is the doer, uh, as you said. But we become so self-sufficient yeah. that we don't get to love each other the way we're supposed to, to anticipate mm -hmm. each other's needs and be there for each other and pour mm -hmm. ourselves out. So we actually give other people opportunities, grace-filled. Yeah opportunities, yeah. but we have to be humble. We have to get over it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. And it will change your life. It will change their lives in a, in a very positive way. Yeah. And, you know, I just will confess that I'm the worst offender at all of us. Just so afraid to, to ask for help or get help. <laughs> next, next time I see you, I'm going to ask you, what have you done? Like, how have you accepted help? <laughs> we'll, we'll see what you Hold me say. accountable. <laughs> that would be so good. Yeah. So, so t just kind of unfold a little bit of what's been revealed to your family through this experience. What have you discovered? Well, um, it just seems someone, my son has a shirt that says like, sports don't build character, they reveal it. And I think hard times, I, and I actually don't even know if I agree with that. I think it does both. I think it's a both and of Catholic you know, theology. I think it does reveal who you are and it does build you. Um, I think our faith is, I think the biggest change for me is just a surrender piece of my personality. I think I've come to realize a lot more that I don't control or do much of anything, <laughs> that I can only offer it to God and ask him to do it. 
Um, so I think I'd probably communicate that to my kids. I, I will say my oldest son is discerning um, a call to the priesthood, which had happened before the cancer, but certainly has um, been heightened since. So we'll see. He's only 15, but he's been talking about it for a couple of years. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, other than I think it's really changed our our uh, life in terms of the people it's woven into our life. Just like I was talking about, um, there was this family. We've been going to the same church for 15 years, never really talked to them. They're empty nesters. And she had a hot meal for us every chemo day for the second half of chemo. And her husband would bring it over and drop it off. And now they are, they're dear friends for us. Um, so that's changed because of that. Wow. That's so good to hear. Um, I love that there's just always this opportunity for new life to happen in the midst of these kinds of struggles, that God is cultivating this garden. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I would just say for our parish, mm -hmm. uh, Kid with Cancer is something to root for together. Um, so one particular fundraiser was a chili cook-off fundraiser where people, you know, competed with the best chili, but it ended up, you know, you had to pay to get in and it um, helped raise money for us. But, you know, I remember looking around the gym and there were like 80 people there or something and thinking, I haven't seen this group of people together ever, but having someone to root for um, seemed to have made a difference in our parish life and made connections even apart from us because they were both rooting for the same thing, for this kid to pull through. Yeah, that's so human to have something that pulls everyone together. I can think of so many kind of old movies, like cowboy movies and pioneer movies and things where there was always something, some big thing that all the neighbors came together and yeah, yeah. raised the barn that burned down or whatever it was. Yeah. But there is something in us that, that does want to gather around the person who's struggling. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. so beautiful. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. What else is important to share as people are listening? People who have been through hard yeah. things, people who maybe are afraid of those times of suffering. What What is mm -hmm. on your heart, Amanda, just to share I, now? Well, if you're afraid, I get it. Um, but God gives you graces when it happens. You're not going to get the grace ahead of time. You know, you know, you get the grace to deal with a kid who has cancer when you have a kid who has cancer. I would encourage people especially to think about families or people who maybe don't have as flashy a diagnosis as we had. So can childhood cancer, you get the fundraisers in the newspaper articles. But I, my heart goes out to those families that have maybe more chronic illness or subtle illness. And I think, oh, if we as a community could just support them with little hugs from heaven. You know, the thing is, we're probably done. You know, our thing went away. Um, but some of these families go through maybe quieter dark nights and uh they don't get maybe the support so i just bring that to god in prayer is there someone that you want me to support uh with a card you know i see that that's hard for you what can i do i think that mm. would be really important yeah. and then uh i would also just say to people who are afraid or even if you're in it and you're afraid i understand um the fear paralyzes you and that surrender novena will give you freedom I just really encourage you to pray that over and over. I had to, I had to do more than 10, Lisa. I know it's 10 times. I did 20 some days <laughs> mm -hmm. multiple times throughout the day, but it will bring you freedom. Mm -hmm. What's different in you and your sense of your walk with God looking back? I think, again, it's, uh, it really taught me that 
um, I'm not in the driver's seat, nor do I want to be, that God is the one controlling things and designing things. And maybe just to look back and sit back and say, where's the Holy Spirit working right now? I used to come up with good ideas and try to implement them. Now I've learned to look around and say, where's God working already? Where, what's going on? What is he doing? And to pray through that and then, you know, discern what God would have me do rather than just jumping forward because it's a good idea. Seems like we should do it. Well, but is that what's happening right now? It might be, but it might not be. Mm, wow. So much more intimacy, much more reliance on God. Yes. That's so good. Boy. <laughs> you're you're ministering to me more than I can say. <laughs> um, yeah. Any final thoughts to leave us with, Amanda? This has oh, been so rich. I just pray that if you are in this position, you will let yourself be loved by the body of Christ. It's humbling. You might not want to be in a position, but it is a rich storehouse of graces. Let people in um, or or ask if you can go into someone else's pain. I think that's that's what I've learned. Mm, yeah, so good. Everybody, we are <laughs> we are the body of Christ. And that can seem like just words to us until we allow ourselves to become vulnerable and let God move into that uncomfortable space and honor our courage, the courageous act of just humbling ourselves. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of guts. It does. Um, yeah. It does, but there's great reward if you'll do it. Amen. Amen. God is always so surprisingly generous. I can't tell you how many times I've apologized to God for expecting him to be stingy with me. Um, <laughs> like, oh, I did it again. Sorry, Lord. There you are being generous again Yeah, uh, yeah. in the midst of everything. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Amanda, so much. And I can't wait to have you back again to talk about building community soon. Um, but we, what a blessing to have your witness. Uh, what a blessing to everyone who listened and everyone, please pray for Amanda and her family, for Jack's continued health. Mm -hmm. And please know that we here at Homeschool Connections at, ho at the Homeschooling Saints podcast are praying for you too. Um, and we will be friends together for all eternity in heaven with God's help, with, with him doing. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's right. <laughs> All right, everybody, you can reach out to Amanda, if you like, uh, at Amanda, spelled in the usual way, dot Woodell, and that's spelled W-O-O-D-I-E-L at gmail.com, and that'll be in the show notes, but please put podcast in the subject line so she knows it's not just spam, um, but she would be happy to hear from you. Uh, everyone, thanks again for listening, and Amanda, again, can't thank you enough. Really have just love always having these conversations with you. Thank you for having me on. I, I appreciate it. It's an honor. Thank you. All right. Goodbye, everybody. See you next time. And that's our show for today. Our program is sponsored by homeschoolconnections.com. Be sure to subscribe to Homeschooling Saints and leave us an honest review. God bless you and thank you for joining us.